following episode you're about to listen to is tangent from our usual episode. These do not contain usual enthusiasm and fun behind it because episodes 17 through 21 were more fact-giving episodes and are more heavily researched. Not to be confused with our other episodes, there is some research done when needed. We will not be offended if you skip past these episodes to our other episodes, starting with episode 22 of, of season two, which is a truer representation of who we are. Thank you very much, and on to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. So before we get into this new episode, I actually want to tell you guys about a conversation that we had shortly after we recorded the last episode about empaths. It was kind of funny. In the last episode, Eric and I had talked about how empaths see the world differently. So obviously, we kind of said how I am an empath, right? And I had kind of alluded to the fact that I said, Eric, I think you're a little bit of an empath, but not fully. So we were sitting out on our deck and uh, Eric looked at a tree and he goes, so, okay, so when you look at that tree, what do you see? And I said, well, I look at that tree and I see shadows. I see texture. I see I see all the bark that's on it, but I see all the texture that makes it up. Essentially, I see all the stuff that I would draw when I look at it. And we kind of went into the fact of how his blue might not be my blue. Kind of the conversation that a lot of people have in their life of the whole my blue might not be your blue when I look at the sky. I might be looking at the color that you might be looking at in the grass. But when when he looks at the tree, he looks at something, he sees those textures, but that's not his go-to. That is never the thing I would talk about when somebody said, hey, describe a tree. I wouldn't be right. like, oh, look at all the texture. And, right. And It kind of reminded me of something from, from The Great Outdoors, if anybody has ever seen that movie. And uh, they they're looking out, and and he goes, "What do you see out there?" And 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 one of them goes, "See a lot of trees." And, and the other goes, "Goes well, you know what I see? <laughs> I see." And he just goes into this long diatribe. So it's just really interesting. I would I would really just go ask somebody sometimes. Say, "What do you see when you look at this?" So so that's just just my two cents to open the show, but. Let's get into the meat of the show, shall we? We shall. <laughs> we shall. So this show, this episode today, is the good and bad foods for bipolar disorder and mental illnesses. Because really, this isn't all about bipolar disorder. Because honestly, the foods that we're going to talk about today, they're going to be good across the board, okay? Because they're going to be they're going to be a lot of healthy foods, non-healthy foods, etc. Okay. Did you say healthy and non-healthy foods? Or yes, because they're because the reason is is it's good and bad foods. The the foods that you should be eating, the foods that you shouldn't be eating, right? Okay. And 
the reason that we're doing this episode and the reason we're doing it now is because I, some of this stuff I knew, right? But I started to not feel so great in my life. My migraine started to get a lot worse. I just started to not feel great in general. So I was kind of like, okay, there were some some foods that I knew, like I said, I always stayed away from grapefruit juice. Uh, whether or not I knew that my medication was a conflict with it or not, and we're going to get into to that a little bit later. But I was like, okay, what are some more foods that I should and shouldn't be eating? Because maybe some of these are conflicting with me, and maybe some of these are causing me issues. So... So I, I, I started to look these up and see if maybe some of these were, were issues with me. And spoiler alert, they weren't the issues, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. So You struck out on that one, huh? Struck out on that one, going to the doctor. <laughs> Was supposed to go yesterday, had to reschedule. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going to keep you guys into the loop on that one, just so you, so you know. I like to, I like to keep, keep you guys in the loop. So what I, I, I did, I did do a lot of research. I have a lot of papers on the table here. Eric can attest to that. So uh, on WebMD, it does say, is there a diet for bipolar disorder? And the first line here, it says, there is no specific bipolar diet. Nevertheless, it is important to make wise dietary choices that will help you maintain healthy weight and stay well. These choices include <laughs> avoiding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'm I'm laughing just because of the next sentence and and it avoiding the Western style diet that's rich in West or red meats. And I'm I'm laughing because I just want to say those damn North <laughs> Americans and. Uh, I say that because I I just always, ever since I started traveling, I just, once you get a taste of the world, (laughs) you just, you you just sort of like understand, (laughs) you you kind of understand what what people see in, in, I guess you say North Americans because it's not Americans. So that's why I say those damn North Americans. (laughs) So yeah. We do have a fatty diet. We're in North America. So when they say supersize it, you guys don't supersize it. <laughs> so yeah, we have some fatty diets here. And what they say is it's rich in red meat, saturated fats, and trans fats, simple carbohydrates. All and the good stuff. All, all the, the good <laughs> That's what makes it yummy, Eric. <laughs> and... Eating this style is linked to a higher risk of obesity, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. And uh, eating less saturated fats and simple carbohydrates can help overall health. And But it doesn't directly help the symptoms of bipolar disorder. But of course, if you're helping your overall health, that's going to help your bipolar disorder. Obviously, if you're healthy, you're not going to be depressed. You're not... It's going to help you overall. And that's why I said some of some of the things on this list is going to help your overall mental health or mental illness. Okay. So basically from what you read there, 
it just kind of sounds like me to me what they're saying is is that you know there isn't a diet that's going to make your bipolar better but right. it, but if you eat this horrendous diet it's going to you have a tendency as being bipolar you might overeat even more than an average right. person would so it's kind of almost more important for you to be focused on a diet exactly so in those times where you might overindulge which Don't i guess everybody crap. does but right. but when you overindulge if you're paying more attention to your diet it's going to be less of a health issue exactly. than if you're just like living the typical as you call it north american diet <laughs> exactly exactly yeah right and they they say and in here they say the western diet which which i think is more and accurate because exactly. it, i mean to me the biggest culprit one of the biggest culprits is the us but like you go to any westernized country and their diet's not superb right. by any means. Right. And you will, I, I do have some examples later on that do technically help specifically bipolar and, and depressed people. But this is generally just for your general health and general. But then going on, we do have eating a balance of protective nutrient dense food. And this includes cold water fish, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go into that a little bit later on. You're gonna want to also watch your caloric intake and exercise regularly to maintain a healthy weight. Again, that kind of goes on to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Because yeah, look, when I'm depressed, do I do anything? No. <laughs> I can't do anything because I'm too depressed to do anything. People say it's good to do something, but I don't want to. Like, it's, I literally, I, I, I mean, I, I can't literally not do anything, but I almost, I almost can't do anything. I can't find the motivation to do anything. See, and this is where I'm surprised by the, what this article is saying, because I have to imagine that there's foods that, I'm going to use oh, the wrong, are. the wrong term, but. Like, I don't know, whatever makes you happy or more motivated or oh. whatever, it raises that level of that chemical in your body or whatever so that you, you know, so that I, I, I would still, yeah, I would still think there's <laughs> foods out there that are better for bipolar people than. Yeah. WebMD uh, didn't do a great job with that list. However, Healthline.com, I got a list right here. So. I have foods and nutrients for mania and depression from healthline.com. Okay, so number one is whole grains. So here's why whole grains are. And I love whole grains. We switched to whole grains, I don't know how long ago. I like whole grains better than white foods. <laughs> like in terms of in terms of like whole grain bread versus like white bread. I just like complex foods, I guess you could say. And what it says is whole grains aren't just good for your heart and digestive systems. They may also have a calming effect on your mind. And that surprised me. That intrigues me. I, I like that. Carbohydrates are thought to boost your brain's production of serotonin. And the reason I changed to whole grains was because I knew it was more complex for my body to break down. So it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, whole grains are healthy. Cool. So it was kind of like less sugars or, you know, all that stuff that they were 
talking about way back in the day or whenever I switched. It's interesting that they say carbohydrates, mention carbohydrates in there, because I would have thought like like white bread. Isn't white bread higher in carbohydrates than, but, than whole grain bread? Or is it just a better carbohydrate? I think, but what what it is, is whole grains are are the complex carbohydrates. So I wonder if, if this is just not saying that it's complex it's, carbohydrates. So I don't know. But what it's saying is some good options are whole grain toast, whole grain pasta, oatmeal, brown rice, quinoa. And that's pretty much stuff that we have in our house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I like that stuff, honestly. Omega-3 fatty acids are number two on the list. So what it says is because omega-3 fatty acids are healthy for your brain and heart in general, they're worth incorporating in your diet. And cold water fish contain the highest level of this nutrient. So... We have some examples here. Salmon, tuna, mackerel, herring, trout, halibut, sardines. And then, of course, we have some other examples other than fish. We have flax seeds and their oil, eggs. So those are the the examples other than fish. Now, it doesn't say anything on here about fish oil, but it did have something from my original article on WebMD about fish oil and what that said was if you do not like fish you can take an over-counter fish oil supplement but it is not known if that will have the same positive effect and essentially what it's saying I'm not going to read the entire thing but it's saying that they go back and forth about the effects of fish oil some say it's good some say it's bad and they're like hey It can't hurt to take it, but you kind of may want to try taking some fish here and there. And you're going to want to have some fish twice a week. So two cans of sardines a week, people. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I have really grown to like smoked salmon. I do too. I I, do too. I I actually picked the most offensive one to me on that list. So I could pretty much eat any of that. Except I don't know about the sardines. <laughs> yeah, it's well, honestly, if you if you do it right, I think. But no, the only way to eat sardines is straight out of the can. No, but what what was interesting about this was that that I had actually forgotten that I needed to, that I needed to to be eating so much fish. So as much plant-based food that as I've been eating or beans or whatever I used to eat more fish and and I love fish love fish but I was like all right (laughs) um fish should be getting more fish and I eat fish sometimes when I go out like there's a certain restaurant that we go to and I'm like smoked salmon yes but yeah I I just forget about that so now I'm just going to make it a point to try to eat more fish again because it's just something that I apparently need to be eating. As I recall, like years and years ago, you had this ambition of creating a salmon pizza. Maybe it's time to actually make that a reality. I, I should, yeah, because that's what we had on our, our honeymoon. So it sounds weird, you guys. It really does. But we did have it on our honeymoon. And it was delicious. It was it really was. 
So anyway, guys, getting back to the list. <laughs> the next one is selenium rich food. And I think I might be saying that wrong because I think Google corrected me yesterday. And what that is, is tuna, halibut, and sardines are also rich sources of this. So apparently we need about 55 micrograms of this daily. Is that a lot? I have no idea. Micrograms does not sound like like a lot, but... Yeah. But this is something that... This is that Sally... Selenium or... Yeah, which is probably something that comes in trace amounts in certain foods, so it's probably a lot harder to get. So what we can get this from is Brazil nuts, tuna, halibut, sardines. Yes. (laughs) See, the sardines keep coming back. Ham steak, turkey, and beef liver. And uh, Brazil nuts. I actually went to this store and I found, I found some when I was looking for like, I got some, some of those like dried bananas and dried cranberries and stuff. I actually saw all of a sudden they had some, some Brazil nuts, some shelled Brazil nuts all on their own. And I was like, well, it's sad I should have some Brazil nuts. And I started eating them last night, and I was like, these aren't salted. <laughs> and I was so mad. And I know technically it does say on this list that it's we're supposed to watch our salt, but my doctor says that my salt is low, so I was tossing salt on <laughs> So the next one on the list says turkey. So all of you guys, I want you to attend Thanksgiving this year and eat twice as much turkey yep. no don't do that i was lying <laughs> take some take some extra take home some and home. consume them <laughs> consume it over the week <laughs> yes and what it says is it's it's high in the the amino tryptophan i'm thinking that's the one that makes you sleepy yes it's the it's the one that's synonymous with the sleepy feeling so yeah then you guys can all take a nap and say i have to so aside from that, it says it helps your body make serotonin. So really, you guys, it's probably a good time. It's a good thing to take a nap sometimes anyway. And then you can fuel up on your serotonin. I mean, honestly. And turkey's a good thing anyway because it's a lean meat. So every so often, replace something fatty with some turkey. Ta-da! And... And a piece of fish. And a piece of fish. Or a can of sardines. <laughs> no, you put a sardine on the side, man. <laughs> on the top. <laughs> With a toothpick. <laughs> I mean, you got a gourmet meal. <laughs> but you do have to fillet it first. I've seen people try to fillet it. And, oh dear lord. They have tiny bones. <laughs> Now, the next one on the list is beans. I love beans. They are so versatile. I mean, because there are so many of them. You and I eat beans a lot. Hummus. And you can make hummus. You can make burgers. You can make chili. We make burritos, like black bean burritos. I mean, I swear to you, we we make beans all the time. And what it says is... Early research suggests that magnesium may may reduce mania symptoms in people with bipolar disorder. 
More research is still needed to confirm whether magnesium-rich foods improve mood. In the meantime, adding fiber and nutrient-rich beans to your diet is unlikely to hurt. Beans may make you gassy when you first increase them in your diet, but that diminishes if you continue to eat them. I have a smiley face next to this because as I read this, I was just like, yeah. Honestly, it is true. I mean, look, you guys, you're going to fart a little bit at first, but it really does. It diminishes. And it it does. It totally does. It, It like. It not even diminishes, it goes away. Yeah. I mean, your body just, just gets used to it, it. It does get used to it. I remember so. I remember for a while we, we used to eat, I mean, we, we do still sometimes eat fiber bars, but I remember we were on a kick with fiber bars and for, <laughs> and we were, we were, we were going for a while. Yeah. And our body, just, it got used to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just something your body just knows. So the next one is nuts. Again, I, I like nuts. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, Eric, whatever. But it's it's a great it's a great thing to just bring with you on the go, fills you up for a little bit. Yeah. So what what it does say, almonds, cashews, and peanuts are also high in magnesium in addition to research that suggests its positive effect on mania. Magnesium helps to calm overactive nervous system and plays a role in regulating the body's stress response by keeping cortisol levels in check. Nearly half of Americans don't get enough magnesium in their diet. So, just a thought. So, and you're not, another note, you're not eating enough sardines or (laughs) nuts. I don't know, I like nuts. (laughs) sounded horrible, but no, I really do. I have some... I have some nuts in the house. I have some granola bars with nuts or protein bars. I don't know what you'd call them. Probiotics. This one's a tough one for me. I'm not even going to lie. So what this does is essentially this reduces inflammation. And people with depression tend to have higher inflammation. And I guess that's really not surprising because I just, we're depressed. We just, I don't know why. It If you're not there... If you're not there, it's really hard to describe it. I I can't. Today is today. It's really hard to describe it. I honestly can't. But people really do have more more inflammation when you're depressed. You're just in more pain, more mm-hmm. physical, more mental pain. So what it is is increasingly researchers are finding that these types of bacteria that reside in us uh, help control the state of emotional health. So, some bacteria release stress hormones, such as norepinephrine. That is not how you say it, but I can't say it today. <laughs> I'm having a really weird day. While others release calming chemicals, such as serotonin. One way to tip the balance in favor of healthy bacteria is by eating probiotics, food containing live bacteria. These include yogurt kefir, kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi, or miso. I'm not going to lie. I don't like any of those. I'll take the yogurt, but... I might take the miso because... I don't even know what miso is. It's... I know it's like an Asian... I know it's Asian. 
Well, then I'm willing to try it. Um, I've had kimchi, but I know that's also like a ferment. There, I mean, it's all fermented stuff. I hate fermented stuff, but I've never had miso, so I might, tr- I might have yogurt. I go very up and down with, but I don't think because of it's a textural thing. Kombucha, I have tried so many times, and sauerkraut. <sighs> so I mean, it's sour. It says it right in mm. it, you guys. But and and kimchi is for me, and this is me and and Germans and and Koreans will probably yell at me. I I personally think it's like a Korean sauerkraut. <laughs> I would just go, just make some hummus with the yogurt. You can make hummus with yogurt. And you know it works what? Great, and you're covered and that's, there. And, and that's on those kind two of foods. That and is hummus turns tastes amazing. That's our cheater way to make hummus. It's our cheap cheater way. And it tastes great, though. That's true. Make it very clear. <laughs> like, it did taste right, good. Right, yes. It tastes good. It tastes really good. And that that is... So, yeah, I guess I do get my yogurt. So... Yes. Thank you, Eric. You make me feel good. And the next one I do love, it's herbal tea. I love it. So, what it says, although technically the first part... It's chamomile. Chamomile I don't like, but I do like herbal. Chamomile has been used for centuries as a folk remedy for upset stomach, anxiety, and insomnia. Preliminary research suggests that a chamomile extract can be also help relieve depression and anxiety. But it does say also if you are sipping on something warm, a lot of times it's kind of kind of relaxing which i also do find that but uh but i do love i do really love herbal tea not necessarily chamomile i do have it in the house because i i had to apparently that was one of the things that somebody said for uh to heal my nose ring when i first got it it was really weird so uh so i do have it in the house what is chamomile it's a it's a it's a certain type of type of tea it's like a flower herbal but i do like other types of herbal tea and i know i think you seem to really like it when we were in peru and that the one place brought it to us like every night and you got really excited and you're like "Ooh, which one am i gonna have tonight but but yeah i i do really like that and i i honestly think if you as long as you don't get a caffeinated one i think it's it's okay just just to kind of relax and soothe your soul. Make sure you have the right ingredients in it. And the final one, I'm just going to preface the final one on the list with saying, keep in mind, because this is one that everybody's going to be very excited about. Oh. Keep in mind that, or is that not the final one? I don't know. I don't think it is. No. Maybe it's not the final one. Oh, but yeah. This food, actually, it, it, oh, no. We do have like, we do have one more after it. But moderation people oh my moderation gosh. so yes so once you hear this one don't just go out and buy 10 pounds and just start chewing on it yes moderation dark chocolate <laughs> dark chocolate guys and somehow i i don't know i don't know why it i don't know where it all part of it went but all it says is it that it's good for you. 
I, I honestly don't know where it all went or where part of it went. I couldn't find it, but I, I do know it is good for depression. And I know it can be good for your heart too, for, for blood pressure, because I, all I know, <laughs> because I do recall, and I, I've mentioned it in this before, because I, <laughs> because I know my, my dad has had some in the, um, in his, in the fridge before and, and, and I've gone in there and he goes, don't you be chewing on my, on my blood pressure medication. I said, dad, this is good for my depression too. <laughs> don't bogart it. <laughs> So, so yeah, and again, like I said, I have no idea because it goes right from, from page six to seven and it doesn't even have a heading for the next one. Cause they don't have to convince you to eat dark chocolate. That's exactly what it (laughs) is. They're just like like, dark chocolate. Go eat it, people. Go go eat it. Just don't eat it too much. (laughs) Right. And the next one is saffron. And, and I don't know how many people are very aware of saffron because it's, fairly expensive around here but saffron is a a red thread-like spice it's a staple in indians dishes and basically what it says is that it it has a calming effect on anti or and it's antidepressant and what it says is some studies have found that a saffron extract has worked as well against depression as antidepressants uh, such as fluoxetine which is Prozac and I was on that when I was first diagnosed with depression <laughs> so I was like man I gotta get myself some some saffron so yeah I found that really interesting but yeah I thought that was a really really interesting list because because some of those I thought were really interesting and some of those I knew knew right away and oh yeah so I and I just realized so I went through the the ones that that we should do and I just closed it all up so I went through the 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 ones that we should eat but we did not touch yet on what we shouldn't do so Eric do you have any guesses on anything that we shouldn't eat Probably they're going to all be run-of-the-mill foods that everybody eats every day. But I'm going to guess, for some reason, like I feel like like really overly greasy foods would probably be on a negative side effect in some way. I couldn't explain to you why, but... I mean, they make you... Other than the fact that they're just not good for your body, but I assume that they're also not good for your brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm just going to give you a, a pass here, and we're going we're gonna to get into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so what it says here is, we'll go, the first one is caffeine. Caffeine's a stimulant. And so obviously we've kind of talked a lot about caffeine in here. And and I've told you that sometimes, yes, I do I do drink caffeine here and there because, yeah, caffeine helps my migraines. And and sometimes, yeah, I just I just need a boost, but I try to stay away from it. But I, I, I do, I do try to stay away. But caffeine... The reason it says here is caffeine's a stimulant and it produces the jittery feelings. It can amp you up. Anxiety levels can make it harder to sleep at night. And and the thing is, you need good sleep. And to be clear, everybody needs good sleep. So But we <laughs> but we need it more is what it says. So the other thing is we obviously don't want to drink 
alcohol. Now, alcohol's a weird one. Well, I assume alcohol is, it's a downer. So, I mean, if you're low and you drink alcohol, it's just going to take you lower, correct? Yes. I mean, that's a huge factor. Yep, and that's the exact problem with it. It's just going to bring you lower. Which, in your people's situations, they don't want to go lower. They want to do things that take them up, not yep. down. So. Yeah, and what it says is that people with bipolar are five times more likely to develop alcohol misuse and dependence than the rest of the population. The link between bipolar and substance abuse is well established. Alcohol is a leading trigger of depressive episodes in many people who are vulnerable to depression and bipolar disorder. And that, just so you know, is from Web, WebMD. And look, I know that people are gonna are probably going to drink. <laughs> I drink. And yeah, we stopped. Not necessarily because my bipolar. Partially, yeah. There were a lot of factors. I stopped multiple times, partially just to prove to myself that I could. <laughs> because, 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 yeah, I knew that, that I could become, that I could become addicted. And I knew, I knew that it wasn't good for me. But it, it, it was just one of those things where, where I just, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to be, I just didn't want to be in that web anymore. I just didn't want that to be part of my life. But really, it just, it was just not. And I think it's important to mention that what we're saying is not that no. you should not oh God, jo- no, no, no. drink. Right. But, but watch But be it. aware, be aware of the fact that it can affect if you are suffering from some sort of bipolar, depression, anything. Be aware that this can have a strong effect on yes. it and keep that in your head. Yes. Because we fully understand that there are people out there that, I mean, a beer to them is life. You know, like, yes. like to take that away from them is taking away a huge part of who they are. Yes. And that is fine, but you have to be aware that mm-hmm. in the situation of you're suffering from a condition that this can drive you. And I'm pretty sure nobody out there wants to be in somebody suffering from alcoholism. So just be aware that you're more prone to it because of your condition that you need to watch how much you're drinking. It's okay to drink, but be aware that of the negative causes that can come from that. Right. I mean, basically what it comes down to is you need to know what you're putting into your body through through and through. And that's for everybody. You should know that. Yep. Yep. So the other thing that you need to avoid is, is it's called tyramine. And <laughs> I had never heard of this before. And you don't necessarily need to avoid it. Unless you're taking a class of antidepressants, which is an MAO inhibitor. I don't even know if I'm taking it and I need to look into this. Because uh, I didn't even get to this part of the research until yesterday. So there, I do have a list. I'm not going to read them all because I would butcher the names and I would bore the rest of you, etc. So I... Highly encourage you to look them up. The reason is because, well, here's the here's what we're gonna get into. The here are some foods that have it: overly ripe bananas or banana peels, tap beer, fermented cheese, 
aged meats, some wines such as Chianti, soy sauces in high quantities. I want you to know I like half to most of those. So I'm really hoping I'm not on an MAO inhibitor. I mean, granted, I don't drink tap beer anymore. But what it's saying is the reason it's important to avoid those foods is because it can avoid severe hypertension in people like those. And if you are on that, then your food or your doctor can give you a list of the rest of those foods. So, and then of course it does say after that, that if you're on any supplements too, such as St. John's wort, obviously you guys, you need to tell your doctor anything that you're on because something as simple as that, you think like St. John's wort is nothing that can have an extreme effect, interaction, etc. I mean, I saw it on a TV show and it seems really silly, but it actually can have an effect on something that you're taking. Okay. And really the last thing that I know for sure that is kind of a no-no and theoretically not for anybody, for everybody, but I've always stayed off of it partially because I've never really felt a an allegiance to it and also just because ever since I started taking these medications and and quite honestly I mean I had no reason to start taking it is grapefruits and grapefruit juice so ever since I started this this journey I've been told no grapefruit juice and that was with my first medication and I never really knew why So this is when I decided to look it up. I mean, I just sort of understood, hey, don't do it. So I said, okay. So then during this episode, I looked it up. And this is why grapefruit juice may increase the blood levels of many psychiatric medications that are used in bipolar disorder. And and then, of course, others. And I'm not even going to mention there is a list, you guys. I'm talking a huge list. And what it says is it could cause excessive drowsiness, mental impairness, and even toxicity. So don't do it. (laughs) I don't care if you love grapefruit juice. Talk to your doctor first. Don't do your grapefruits. Talk to your doctor. Make sure your medication's safe. What's the takeaway from this met from this episode? Talk to your doctor. Know what you're putting in your body before, uh, or know know your medication before you before you eat anything. I guess. And eat sardines. I eat sardines. <laughs> I eat sardines. Basically, what what I've learned throughout the years is, look, there's two people that that know your medications: your doctor, your pharmacist. Two people who ask if you have questions, your doctor, your pharmacist, when I get my medication. And look, I know that technically, or that, that honestly, I get my medication from by mail now most, most of the time. But if I get it right away, sometimes I'll get it right down the street from, from my uh, pharmacist there. And they say, oh, new medication. Do you have questions? Right there. Say, well... Are there foods that I should avoid? Or do I take this with food 
or without food? Should I take this in the morning or at night? So these are questions that you should ask. You and guys. hopefully they just tell you a lot of these questions. Right. But a if they don't, you they should do. definitely ask because. Correct. Definitely. And I mean, there's there's a lot of these things, like I said, I've picked up over the years. I've, I've realized. But so that's why I said I I knew a lot of these things or or I forgot that I knew these things. But but yeah, it's it's just sort of it's a learning game. It really is. Or when you get a new medication, you learn again. And you learn the way that your stomach works with it. And you say, okay, well, no, I can't take this in the morning. I have to take it at night. It's fun. It's really fun. And when I say it's fun, it's not fun. But you relearn. And I guess the basic takeaway is just sort of live a healthier lifestyle. And it's going to make it healthier. Because we've talked about this in in a somewhat previous episode where if you keep kind of a a clean body, clean brain, it's going to make it a lot easier for your body to function. So if you do that, it's just going to make it a lot easier for things in the future. So not really sure if this is making sense. If you have any questions, anything to add, Eric? Well, I just think that the most important thing is, is to understand, you know, understand the condition that you have and just understand what what certain foods look it up and Definitely. further explore what kind of foods yep. do affect this condition because you're already starting at a downslide because you have this condition mm-hmm. and there's no reason no matter how good the food tastes and maybe you'll make the decision that this food is just simply so good that I have to eat it excessively but right. maybe if you're just aware of what like by eating this food I could be putting myself further down a hole that I'm already further down than the average person because of my condition. And so just look at that and make the decisions on what the appropriate things to eat is. It's, it all goes back to something we've talked about in the past where understanding your condition is going to make it handling your condition that much easier. Right. Facing your condition rather than ignoring it and pretending it's not there is going to make your life better. And Understanding the foods that you should be or shouldn't be eating, it's not a line where somebody's going to tell you, oh, you cannot eat something that you want to eat. Right. But it's just making you aware that, okay. It's going to make it easier. I'm trading. If I eat that, there is a possibility that it's going to affect me in a negative way. Yep. And then you can make that decision of whether is it worth eating that food mm-hmm. to make me a little more depressed. Right. You know, personally, I wouldn't. I'm not interested in eating foods that make me depressed. That seems like a bad idea. Right. But I mean, but that's a decision you can make. And the only way you can make that decision is if you understand. Right. And look, look, you can you can have times where you can have special foods or whatever, and that might not even affect you if it's if it's a one one off or something like that. And I'm not saying have grapefruit one off because that's it's kind of a that could be a dangerous one off if it's if it's a no-no food, because that's that's a that's a bad no-no food. <laughs> However, if if you have if you're a usual not so beer drinker and you have a beer one-off or caffeine one-off, then that's that's not so bad. Or for instance, I know some people who have have IBS, and every so often they have fried food. So 
that's that's kind of an example where where like if you do something like that, then then it's it's kind of like learning how to how to live with your illness and learning how to eat. So so you kind of go, okay, maybe Monday through Friday I'm gonna eat good or and then Saturday, well, Saturday night maybe I'll eat out and Sunday or or Sunday through Monday or whatever. So yeah, you just learn how how to live with it. And and these are these are just the, the things that you do. And, and yeah. And and obviously you have to learn what works with your body. Obviously, listen to your body. And these are these are the things. Listen to listen to your body, your doctor, your your things. So, yeah. I hope this episode helped you and like I said, this isn't just for bipolar people. I know that certain foods in here were for bipolar people, but I feel like this helped helped more more mental illness sufferers than than anything. If anything, if you don't suffer from any of these conditions, just but if the- you're just having a down day, <laughs> now you know some foods that might exactly. lift your spirit up a little bit. So exactly right. Well, Eric, if you have nothing else. I do not. Good, then I have nothing else. Then I do believe we will be back in two weeks. And in the meantime, I would love it if you guys visited our social media site and emailed us with any questions or anything else. Our Gmail is stigmasandopenwounds at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating or... You know, whatever you think we deserve, please give us a good rating. (laughs) Well, and if you don't like the show, hey, man, send us an email and let us know what we can do to improve it. Exactly. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.